Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about sort of your flesh. We've been talking about the spiritual battle between your flesh and your spirit. Last week, we talked about comparison and how your flesh wants to cause you um, to enter into comparison. And today we're going to talk about what it's like becoming yourself, you know, to learn to be yourself. And I wanted to find briefly what I mean by that. You know, this podcast is called The Art of Being You. And the reason why I named it that was because I am most fascinated with the process that God takes us through to become ourselves. Becoming yourself is sometimes the hardest thing that you can do. And it's so ironic, right? Because you are you. And yet being yourself is often really, really difficult. Learning to be yourself is essentially the process of discovering who God made you to be and actually embracing that person. We talk about this in the intro every single week, actually allowing that to be the person that you are. I think it's interesting when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, just by creating them, it was good to him. Just the marvel of who they were, that was deemed good before they even did anything, before they even proved anything. They were good because they were his. I think it's interesting when we think about our own lives. We are this conglomeration of voices that have shaped us, of experiences that have shaped us, of trauma and wounding in our childhood, of of negative and positive influences, and also the fruit of our envy the things that we look to and what we want to embrace with that. Can I just say that it's very possible that the things that you envy in other people might actually have a, like there's a reason behind that. And I think it's important to, to have a conversation with Jesus about that, right? To really go into the Lord and say, God, if I'm always envying the same type of thing in somebody, what does that speak about me? What does that speak about my destiny? Does it say anything about that? I want to get rid of that. I don't want that. But why is it categorically the same each and every time? What do I feel like I'm lacking in you? The reality is Jesus is enough for every situation that we're in. That's not a cliche. That's a very practical solution. Sometimes we say it and it doesn't feel quite as powerful, but the reality is when we enter into Jesus, he is abundance itself. We actually have what we need. If I'm envying the same thing over and over again, I need to ask the Lord, is that because that's something that my flesh wants for my life or is that something my spirit actually is longing for and I don't feel like I can have? Bring it into a conversation to get some clarity because it might actually be something that's shaping you more than you think. So today I actually just want to do a fairly practical um, podcast about what it, what the steps are in learning to discover who you are. You know, you can do personality assessments and that's good. and, And we should do that. I mean, that's helpful, but usually personality assessments are telling you about the things you do, not necessarily who you are. 
And you might say to me, well, Rachel, you know, I can read a book about identity and I can discover that. I would say, yeah, that's great, right? Identity in a general sense is going to tell you who you are in a general sense. You are a child of God. You are chosen by him. He wants you in his presence. He likes you. He's not withholding from you. All of these things are really good. But when I'm talking about learning to be yourself, I'm talking about actually going even more specific than that. First, we learn about our identity as a son or daughter of God, and then we take it up a notch and we begin to learn about our uniqueness. What is it that God actually created us to be? I want to be careful here and not say what God created us to do because we weren't created just to do things. We were actually created to reflect a part of his nature here on the earth. I really so complex that not one type of personality, not one type of, of gifting mix, not one type of human, what they look like, could even come close to embodying the fullness. Yes, Jesus was the fullness. He was the exact representation on the earth. But you and I are not Jesus, right? So it requires many of us. It requires a, a full spectrum of people, colors, shapes, sizes, personalities, to really get a sense of who God is. So what has he given to you to reflect onto this earth? What has he given to you to be a mirror for? This is really important because at the end of the day, who you are, being yourself, is actually about being that thing. Not about doing, not about accomplishing, but existing as that. In my own life, this was really a complicated concept for me. I, I don't think I even like, I don't think I ever understood how to just exist and be. I had this drive, this, this sense, this feeling that if I'm not doing something, if I'm not accomplishing something, if I'm not, you know, being the best at at least something, then I'm not really living. I, I don't know why. That's just sort of the feeling that I had. And, and years ago, when God began to break me out of this and began to teach me how to be myself, it was a deeply earth shattering experience. I remember being with a counselor and he said, when was the last time that you just sat with the Lord with no agenda? You didn't pray for anything. You didn't even ask him to speak to you. You didn't uh, ask him for anything. You know, you didn't read your Bible. Like there was no agenda except just to be in his presence. And at that time in my life, I, I, I racked my brain. I spent a minute or two recalling. And eventually I said, I, I, I don't think I ever have. I don't know that I ever have just decided to be with God just for the sake of existing alongside of him. It began to just change my life radically when I began to realize that I, like you, are designed to exist as a mirror of him. Yes, there are assignments he's going to give us. There are jobs that we can do as being a part of the family business. But at our core, we are something. And that's an important thing for us to, to embrace. So how do we do that? Let's get practical. Well, the number one thing you got to do is it's not necessarily the top, but it's the first step is identify the shaping voices in your life. Because here's what happens as we live through our life, we, we receive messages from the people like our family, our friends, our parents, our teachers, coaches, and we receive this message of, of how we're measuring on their scale of what they think we should be. And when we are, are not paying attention, these messages actually kind of get written on our heart a little bit, right? Um, when I was in, in uh, uh, kindergarten or preschool, 
in the carpool line in the carpool, you know, there are a couple of neighborhood kids and I would ride to school. And uh, I don't know, I guess I've always been sort of a wordsmith kind of person. And um, apparently, according to my mother, I would correct their grammar in the car. They'd say something wrong and I would correct it. I've always uh, been somebody who didn't have a problem telling someone else how to live their life. I mean, hence this podcast. But at times in my life, that, that felt like something that was wrong. Different people that have shaped me maybe have, have inadvertently made me feel like, you know, that was too much. I don't think any of them did it deliberately, but their expectation of, of what a good Christian woman is or should be what a good woman should be, what a classy woman should be, whatever their you know vantage point was, kind of wrote on my heart this feeling that that part of me might not be might not might not be good. That part of me might might have a problem, and then this conflict arises. Right, this conflict arises of who I know to be myself, but then who I think other people are telling me that I am or should be, and I'm in this like battle. I'm assuming you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I think if we're going to learn to become ourselves, the first thing we have to do is actually identify the voices that have shaped us. And maybe what you need to do is actually literally journal it out, write down mom and dad and start with that. And what were their expectations of you? Maybe they didn't have any and maybe that has you know affected you. Grandma, grandpa, teachers, coaches, friends. And you don't have to like come up with something for everybody but use that as something that helps jog your memory of, okay, yeah, that was an expectation. Let me give you an example. My parents loved, love currently, love women's college basketball. They've been big fans all of my life. We would go to the NCAA Final Four, you know, whenever our team would go. Um, it was They were like, it was their sport. You know, my dad liked football, but both of them together, they loved this. They have season tickets to the college team. They just love it. It's like their thing. And here I am born onto the scene and I am excessively tall for a woman. Um, and I was very tall in elementary and middle school. I think I was like 5'8 by the time I was in uh, seventh grade. So, of course, mom and dad are like, you know what? You are born to play basketball. We love basketball. It Wouldn't it be so cool if uh, we watched you play basketball? So I did basketball for two years in, in middle school, three years in middle school. And I didn't like it. I loved like the process of like shooting a basket. That's fun. But I'm not a team sport player in the sense of like, I'm not aggressive on the court. I'm just not. And I could not handle the amount of conflict I felt was being thrown at me all the time in a game. I'm weird. I get it. So my freshman year of high school, I'm like, I'm not doing basketball again. And my parents set me down and and made it clear that you're going to have a future in basketball. You're too tall not to. Why I turned out to be six feet tall and, um, you know, and I'm not very athletically coordinated, but my mom and dad were like, look, we can work with this. We'll get you a coach. You're going to be fine. You have, you're going to be this like great college b-ball player and we're going to get to travel to watch you play. And that is not what I wanted for my life. I uh, sabotaged my tryout and I got cut and it was one of the best days of my life in ninth grade. My parents to this day, we still laugh about how, uh, how, you know, from their perspective, nobody should cut a 14 year old six foot tall kid who could have learned. And from my perspective, I felt like it was an answer to prayer. Now, this is not particularly a wounding situation for me, but we all have these type of moments where there's expectations other people have on us. So when we do this shaping voice exercise, that's what we're doing. We're looking for the things that have have shaped us and told us something about ourselves, whether it's true or not true. 
So once you've got your list down, then go through and do an X and a check mark on it. If you feel like, yes, this turned out to be who I am. I, I agree with this. I want to be this person and I feel like I am this person. You can circle that or put a check by it. And when you look at it and say, okay, this turned out to be not who I am, then you need to mark those as well. You need to get clear about the expectations that were put on you that you don't want to live under. I'm not, I, I, I'm actually, this is actually a really important exercise for all of us to do. Did these voices put expectations on you that are actually burdens? Because you do not need to continue to carry them if that's the case. When God is inviting us into something, his burden is easy and his yoke is light. I'm not saying it's easy to follow God all the time. What he's saying is that in him, he empowers us with his grace. And it's this really beautiful, easy thing. It should be effortless to be yourself. It should come as second nature. It should be first nature. But a lot of times it's not. And the reason is because we have these expectations that are burdens that we have not actually identified. It's okay once you've identified them to decide to let them go. Look, here's what you need to remember. You are made in his image, no one else's. It's very difficult as parents. I have four kids. I, I know this feeling firsthand when you're looking at your kid and you're thinking, I wish you were not like that. I, I love you. It's not about love. It's not about care. It's not about support. It's like, this is not something I thought we would be in our family. You know, one of my kids does not like to go out and do things. And my husband and I love to be super busy. And so that was a big adjustment. It's like, man, I want to put this expectation on you that you've got to be like this, but that's not fair because that's not who he is. We tried that for a while. It didn't work. You are made in his image and no one else's. So after you have identified the voices and what they've said, after you've looked at whether those are expectations or burdens or not, then you're going to identify what characteristic of God you most reflect. We are made in his image. We are image bearers. We are like mirrors of who God is to the earth. We do that by being who we are. So take a moment and actually think about what it is about God that you think you reflect. Let me be let me give you an example. For some they're going to say, "I reflect the justice nature of God." I am, I, I, I beat for when injustice is happening. It bothers me. It, it bothers me when things are not right in the world, when people are oppressed, et cetera. And you might say, that's me. I, I bear this part of God's image onto the world. Somebody else might say, I believe that I actually bear the mercy of God, that my life is this, um, this constant like image of God's mercy, that his kindness that leads to repentance I very rarely get angry and I, I'm just this, this reflection of, of, you know, Mother Teresa style benevolence to people. It's amazing. Some of you might say, I, I really embody the love of God, his empowering grace. I, I really believe that, you know, that that's a part of me, that it's just, I, I love to love people when they don't deserve it. Others of you would say, I, I embody the father heart of God or the mother heart of God. I love to lead people in these different ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get clear about what it is that you embody. This is important. When you learn to be yourself, you have to recognize what about yourself is like him. Let me give you an example from my own life. I, I joke with my husband that I'm sort of like a dualistic person. I'm not. I'm not double-minded. There's just two sides of me that feel equally um, strong. I wish it was just one, but it's not. It's two. I guess at least it's not three. 
But I, I, I think about myself like a flower and a flame. There's a part of me that is very hot and passionate. There's a part of me that's very intense. There's a part of me that's very black and white, and I'm very comfortable in that situation. Um, I, I don't mind a good heated debate. You know, sometimes it actually energizes me and invigorates me. Um, I don't mind telling people like it is, right? That is wrong. I, I don't mind doing that. But there's this other side of me that is this kind of like a delicate flower where I can be sensitive. I can be um, fragile a little bit. I can be tender um, where I can be sort of a homebody a little bit. Right. And I, I actually am both of those things. And I received so much freedom from the Lord when the Holy Spirit gave me permission to be both of them that they're actually how he wants me to be, that I'm not living in one or the other all the time, but I'm actually learning to house both sides of myself. When I've embraced that, it's actually allowed me to step into situations and discern which of me needs to show up. Does the fire need to show up or does the flower? You know, And I feel like I can pastor people so much more effectively knowing that there's actually two parts of me knowing that I can put on multiple hats given the situation, that's who I am. I am a multifaceted person. I'm positioned in a lot of different realms of life, like business and different family types even, and ministry settings, and even on this podcast with you guys, and they all require a little bit of a different part of me. And I think that that's who God made me to be. But that might not be the case for you, or that might be, I don't know. So you got to identify what characteristic or characteristics of God that you reflect. Let me just say that God is not one dimensional. He, he, um, he's so multifaceted that it is, as I said earlier, it is not possible for one type of person to truly reflect God. The human being cannot do that. It has to be, you know, we, we need all of us being ourselves to get a real picture of who God is. And that picture is the body of Christ. All right, so the last component that you're going to do after you have identified the shaping voices and what they've said, you're going to look at whether those voices put expectations on you that were actually burdens or not. You're going to identify what characteristics of God that you are actually reflecting just by being yourself. And the last thing is you're going to identify who is this person that God created you to be? Who is your spirit, right? The spirit, your spirit is your eternal part of you. And when God, like when you are conceived and God puts your spirit inside of your little fertilized egg, that's the part that's going to live on with him forever. That's the part that gets reborn in you. That's the part that, you know, you is united to God when you are reborn, that you can live from his spirit in. And that part of you has a personality. And our flesh takes on the personality usually associated with the burdens and the expectations of our, ourselves and other people. But God has a part of you in your spirit that's sometimes different than that. So it's okay to identify that. It's a little bit like the last step in identifying what you're called to reflect, but it's it's even more so than that. It's looking at your personality traits. It's looking at, um, you know, your where you get your energy from, um, you know, the type of humor that you like, all of that kind of stuff. Here's what's really important to understand is that God is very deliberate about you. You are very intentional. You are crafted intentionally. One of the reasons why abortion, for example, is so offensive to the Lord is because you are saying that, 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 that the world did not need the way that that person was going to reflect God. Everybody is made in God's image. Everybody. 
I think some people have somehow convinced themselves that maybe like children that are born in sin aren't really made of God or something crazy like that. That is not true. Every life is of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm crazy enough to believe that the world would be a better place with all the people God intended to be in it. Every life he wanted to give should have a chance to reflect his image on this earth. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that we understand who we are in that way. Allow me to go just a few more minutes. I know I know, we're kind of going past our average time. But I had a fascinating encounter with the Lord a couple years ago. And I, I was praying and I was asking the Lord to speak to me. And he took me into this picture. And in the, in the vision, um, I was uh, watching him from afar. And he was in this like warehouse type nursery. There were thousands of little hospital type baby cribs just in rows, rows and rows and rows. And there were little babies wrapped up in like a little swaddling blanket and a hat in this. I'm talking about like thousands of babies in there. And I watched as God, as, as the father was walking in between all the rows of these cribs and he was looking in at the babies and he was looking, I could tell on his face, he was looking for a specific child. It was like he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly who he was looking for, as if it was his own child. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, I know what this one looks like. He's going up and down the rows. And as I watched this vision, I saw him, his eyes lit up, and he found the child he was looking for, and he picked up that child and snuggled it. Oh, it's going to make me cry. (laughs) He snuggled that little baby, and then he put his hands down with the baby, and his hands reached down into the earth. And that baby was given into a mother's arms as she was lying in a hospital bed. And it was my mom that he gave this baby to. It was me in this picture. And he said to me, Rachel, I deliberately chose you for your family, for your place in the birth order, for your place in the generations. I handpick each one. Some of you guys maybe don't know my story, but there's, there's been some challenge in my childhood. It's not, it's, it's nothing like what a lot of people go through, but, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to be me. And when the Lord was saying this to me, I looked at him and I felt this little twinge of kind of frustration. Like you deliberately picked me to go into hardship, you know, like what kind of a dad does that? And the Lord, the father leaned in towards me. And this is what he said, guys, listen to this. He said, yes, I chose you knowing it would be hard. But I also chose you knowing that I would give you more of my spirit so that you could come to know me. He said, what came with your hardship was a greater encounter from me. What what came with your difficulty was a promise that I would be with you. He said, what you have seen is the hardship, and you missed out on what I had provided. The grace I was giving you to to be drawn to me, to come near to me. Guys, I am telling you, you were deliberately chosen for your life. You were deliberately picked, whether it was difficult or easy. God knew exactly what he was doing. And if you've had a difficult life, you can trust that God actually portioned himself to you in a way that justifies that. I'm not saying it makes it worthwhile. I'm saying that he knew from the beginning he would redeem every single thing. Sometimes what the enemy wants us to do is focus on the hard stuff that happened, that we don't even look to what God was trying to provide. Let me just tell you, 
your flesh has an opinion of how to live your life and it's different than what God wants. That the, Your spirit is who God wants to live through you. He wants your spirit to be in charge of what you do, how you act, where you are, how you reflect him. You were chosen deliberately. You are uniquely equipped for the challenges that you face. You lack nothing in him. Lack is an illusion, friends. You actually aren't lacking anything. You just have to learn how to tap into him so that you can receive what you need. You are free to be who God created you to be, not who your flesh wants you to be, but who God actually created you to be. And let me just tell you, you can endure any friction that might come on your journey to becoming you. You can do it. You can endure it because Jesus is with you in that process. So I just want to wrap up today. Um, I, I want to actually just pray a blessing over you. If you're listening to this and you're it's resonating with you and 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 you want to go on this journey of learning to become yourself, to to embrace who it is that God actually made you to be, to reject the the burdens of expectations that have been placed on you and the desires of your flesh that have created a false image of who you are. If that's you, I just want to invite you to 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 just pause for a moment. Put your hand on your heart. If you're driving, maybe just pause this until you can pull over. But I want to pray that just as the Father met me and showed me something that changed the trajectory of my understanding of him, that he would do that for you too, that you would come into the understanding of how special you really are. So Father, I just thank you for your deliberate choosing. I thank you for the way that you have have portioned and and positioned my friend to be right where they are, to be right where they are. And in all of the hardships, God, I, I thank you that you have provided solutions. And God, I pray that you equip them and teach them how to tap into those solutions. And Father, right now, I bless their spirit to come alive. I bless their spirit to enter into the life that you have created them to be. I bless them to be able to reject their flesh. I bless them with the power of the Holy Spirit to break them out of the patterns of the burdens that have been placed on them and into the freedom to express who you created them to be. I bless them to exist as they are a reflection of you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are, are so good and so faithful and so so generous, so generous to, to give us patience, to give us peace as we become the people you actually created us to be, as we undo the work of the enemy in our life and we, we step into more of the fullness of what you designed. I bless this listener right now in the name of Jesus to come fully into that plan in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.